So we're up to Daf Lamed Vav. Again, the words are Tanu Rabbanan. It is six lines from the top of the Daf on Daf Lamed Vav Amud Aleph. And the, the Daf is going to discuss a number of different concepts. In particular, we're going to be focusing on two concepts in the beginning, and that is the following Shaila, the following discussion. We said in the Mishnah, we mentioned in the Mishnah that there are certain prohibitions that cannot take place as far as the status of matzah is concerned. You're not allowed to eat matzah, you can't fulfill your mitzvah of matzah with maishasheni vehektish shaloi niftu, right? Maishasheni hektish that was not redeemed, something that has the kedusha maishasheni, you can't eat it outside Yerushalayim. The first discussion we're going to have today, the morning of David, we're six lines from the top of 36a, Lamedavav Amadalev, is what about eating my Meister Sheni matzah in Yerushalayim? Because that's Takamutter. That's where you're supposed to eat it. So if, I, if I'm in Yerushalayim, anyway, because I have my carbon Pesach, could I take my Meister Sheni with me, knead my dough, eat my matzah? My, 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 what's wrong with having Meister Sheni matzah at the Pesach Seder? Perhaps that's Taka allowed in Yerushalayim. We're also going to be discussing towards the beginning, we have a number of discussions, but then we're going to get on to the discussion as well of the topic of when you mix flour with other liquids besides for water, right? We learned it can't be mixed with um, wine, oil, honey, that does, a person cannot fulfill their mitzvah of achilas matzah when the flour is mixed with juices. And we're going to get into uh, that discussion as well. Um, is it particularly when it's mixed in? What happens if there's just a little bit of it? You know, what if I smear it on top, like women uh, egg their chalas, right? So it gets a little bit of a, a crust on top. What if I knead my dough with water, but then I smear it with honey uh, before it's baked? Yeah, we're not talking about uh, gebructs where you put it on afterwards, but before it's even baked, you, you, you wipe a little uh, coating of oil on top. So that's going to be... Uh, the second interesting discussion we get on to. So here we go. Let's get going. Six lines from the top of the daf. Tanur Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. I would think it makes sense that a person may fulfill their chiyuv of achilas matzah when it's Meiser Sheni in Yerushalayim. Makes sense. That's where Meiser Sheni is supposed to be eaten. Talmud Laimar, but no. The Torah happens to state a pasuk, two words, lechem that matzah is bread of oni. Now, this is an interesting expression. Okay, people translate. I, I would assume I didn't look at I didn't look at this before here today, um, but maybe if you open up an art scroll Haggadah, they might translate matzah lechem oni being the poor man's bread. That's how a lot of people translate it. The issue is, if it means poor man's bread, it should say lechem oni. It's a lechem of an oni. What's oni? So oni can also be referring to um, like a, a tzara, right? Tzaras, like a, a, a difficulty. It's a bread of difficulty. It represents something. It's not necessarily the bread of a poor man, but it represents oni. It represents tzaras. So says the Gemara, which teaches me something that your matzah is supposed to be something that's eaten in a state of aninus. And ani, an oinein is somebody who's in mourning. Yatza zu, which excludes my sersheni, 
You're not supposed to be sad when you eat Maiser Sheni. You're fulfilling your mission. Take Maiser Sheni to Shlaim. Eat a Pesimcha. Such a basic deal. Yeah, granted, you're eating your Maiser Sheni. And it's totally allowed. So I should be allowed to eat Maiser Sheni for my matzah in Yerushalayim. Such a basic deal. Because matzah is supposed to be something that's in a state of aninos. And since Maiser Sheni is eaten Pesimcha, it's not fit. To be eaten at the Pesach Seder. Bekiva argues. Bekiva Eimer, Bekiva says, Matzas, Matzas, Reba. Since it says Matzas, Matzas many, many times, that the, the many, many times is coming to include even Matzas of Maiser Sheni. He says, Rabbi Akiva, I, Terabiasi Aglili, what am I going to do with your Pasuk? The Pasuk says it's got to be a bread of, uh, of Tsaris. And he, this guy's Besimchas. So why am I allowing it? It's coming to exclude a case. It's not coming to exclude Maiser Sheni. It's coming to exclude a case of when you add to the flour something that gives the dough chashivas. When you instead of water, you put in wine, you put in honey, you put in oil. That removes it from its state of being a tsaristic of bread. Now it's a chosh of a bread. That type of bread is excluded. But it's not coming to exclude the state of mind. It's coming to exclude the state of challah. My time at Rabbi Akiva. Says the Gemara, okay. So we have the drosh of Rabbi Aglili informing us that lechem aini has to be done in a state of tsaris. And we have the opinion of Rabbi Akiva letting us know that no, it does have eaten a state of tsaris. It's coming to exclude um, dough that's mixed with more chashava things. Why does Rabbi Akiva choose to interpret the Pasuk his way? So that says the Gemara, because miksiv lechem aini, yeah, does it say, that, uh, is it written ayin vav nun yud, where it means specifically referring to the mindset? No, aniksiv, it's written ayin nun yud, which it, without the, the vowels being there, would be read ani, as opposed to aini, and the Torah purposely writes it without a vav and writes it ayinun yud to let us know that we should darshan it as far as a poor person's type of bread, meaning water and flour, wine's too expensive, honey's too expensive, expensive, oil's too expensive, and we're, we're learning it to be, uh, it's got to be a poor man's bread and as opposed to the bread of tsaris. According to Rabbi Yisaglili, who darshans lechem aini to be, no, it has to be eaten in a state of, of difficulty, in a state of tsaris. You can't be besimcha. That's a he darshan the pasuk. He'll say no. Mi karinan ani. Yeah, granted, it's written ani, but that ain't the way it's read. Aini karinan. It's read the way you read the word is aini, which means the bread of tsaris. Yeah, that lets us know to focus on the mindset as opposed to the ingredients. For Rabbi Akiva, what's Rabbi Akiva going to say back to Rabbi Yisiaglili? He says, This, the reason why we read it, Lechem Aini is Kiddush Shmuel, because of the drasha of Shmuel, the Yomar Shmuel, Shmuel teaches us Lechem Aini, that matzah needs to be Lechem Aini, Lechem Sha'aisin Alav Dvaram Harbei. What it means is, the word Ainin, very interestingly, means to respond. 
right? We, we find in Gemara, a person who listens to a bracha is like the person who said the bracha as well, who recited the bracha. So Rebbe Kiva is going to understand the word Aini not to even be referring to a poor anything. It's not referring to Tsaris. It's not referring to a poor person. You know what it's referring to? Recitation. Speech. Aina. You take the matzah and you schmooze for two to three hours over the Haggadah because of this matzah. That's the vart in Lechem. Aini, it's not an expression of poor mindset. Rather, it's an expression of a lot of speech. Period. End of that discussion. Okay. Now that we've understood why Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel argue, again, Rabbi Shmuel's of the opinion that Lechem Aini means a mindset. It has to be in a poor mindset. And since Meister Shani is done besimcha, you can't fulfill your matzah with it. Rabbi Akiva argues, and he says it's not about that it has to be eaten besimcha, but rather the whole idea is that it has to be uh, mixed specifically with water. So now, says the Gemara, Visava Rabbi Akiva Isa Is it really true that Rabbi Akiva learns out from Lechem Aini that you cannot fulfill your your mitzvah of matzah with flour that was mixed with oil, wine, and honey? But we learned in Abraisa in Loshen Isa BePesach Viyim Veshem You're not allowed to mix your dough to Loshen uh, is to knead. You're not allowed to knead your dough on Pesach with wine oil and honey, and if you do so, then you got to get rid of it right away. Why? Because these, these items, these ingredients, immediately cause the flour to leaven right away. It's not, it's, not, you're not, it's not a matter of time. Water is a matter of time. It starts leavening after 18 minutes. If you mix in other ingredients, says Rebbe Gamliel, it immediately starts to leaven, and therefore, as soon as it mixes in, you got to burn it. You got to make sure that the process stops. And the Chacham say, absolutely not. They say, no, listen, you know, you're supposed to mix your flour with water, and you really should, uh, you know, and, and uh, you're not supposed to be. You know what? If you did it and you baked it right away, as long as you did it fast enough, you could eat it on Pesach. And Rebbe Kiva said, a um, I was living, I was resting near Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shua. And on Pesach, I would knead into their dough wine, oil, and honey. They had no problem with what I did. So it must be halachas like the Chachamim. And even though you're not, um, the, even though the halacha is that you, you should not. Uh, need these other ingredients of wine, oil, and honey into the flour. Mekatfin boy. The halacha is you are allowed to, um, like we do with the challah, like you're allowed to egg the top of the challah. You're allowed to smear the top of the challah with oil, wine, or honey because you're not kneading it into the dough. The prohibition over here is, and the discussion over here, not the prohibition, the discussion between Rabbi Gamliel, the Chachamim, and Rabbi Akiva is a discussion to mixing the, these ingredients into the dough. But what if I just smear it on top uh, prior to baking? Then the Brisa says there's no problem. Ason the Tanakama says the Gemara, and this applies even according to the Tanakama, 
who was Rebbe Gamliel, who says, um, who says uh, that you're not allowed to mix it in, even he will agree that you're allowed to smear it on top. Anything you're allowed to need, you're allowed to smear. And if you can't need it, you can't smear it. Okay, this is interesting. In other words, the Chachamim who previously were being lenient by allowing me to mix in the wine, oil, and honey are now being strict by pointing out that yes, you're allowed to use wine, oil, and honey to mix it in, and you could smear those because you can mix it in. But we, we want you to know, say the Chachamim, if there would be an ingredient that you're not allowed to mix in, you can't smear either. The Tanakama would hold that their taka is an afkamina. There's a difference. There are certain things that you can't mix in, but you'd be allowed to smear on top. The Chachamim, the, the Chacham are being machmir on that concept. And they're saying, yes, we're lenient as far as what you can mix in, but anything that you wouldn't be allowed to mix in, you would not be allowed to swear. You would not be allowed to smear on top. B'shoven. And everybody agrees, that when it comes to mixing the flour and water, you've got to make sure the water is cold. The water may not be warm, because as soon as the water is warm, that immediately, that, that causes the leavening process to start faster. Okay. Now, the Gemara now is in a state of a question. How so? So let's go back to why we quoted this brisa in the first place. Previously, Rabbi Akiva told us that you're not allowed to mix into your flour. You're not allowed to knead into your flour, oil, wine, or honey. But over here, Rabbi Akiva says, I needed these things in front of the Chacham. They didn't have a problem with it. Well, make up your mind, Rabbi Akiva. Is it allowed or is it not allowed? You told us it's not allowed. And then in this recent b'risa, the Machlech Asin Rebbe Gamliel and the Chachamim, Rebbe Kiva says, hey, this is what I did. But how can you do that? You hold it's, it's, you hold it's chametz. That's the question. Says the Gemara, like Kasha. There's no question here. Ha biyamtiv rishain, ha biyamtiv shein. I'll tell you the difference. Whether it's the first night of Pesach or the second night of Pesach, Right? On the first night of Pesach, there's a chi of da'iraisa, there's a biblical obligation of achilas matzah. Over there, Rebbe, that's where Rabbi Akiva says, you're not allowed to fulfill your chi of matzah with wine, oil, or honey mixture. But on the second day of Pesach, he doesn't hold that it becomes chametz. He just says, it's not the matzah that the Torah demands. Kida'amar lahu, Rabbi Shua, Levnei, like Rabbi Shua, said to his children, Yuma kama leitalushabi bechalava on the first day of Pesach. Make sure that there's no mixture of milk inside my matzah. It's got to be strictly flour and water. But afterwards, you can mix it in. Apparently, it helps with the, uh, you know, he, he appreciated it and he enjoyed that in his mixture. Says the Gemara, one second. But remember, 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 what did we learn approximately a week ago? You're not allowed to put milk in your in your dough ever, right? Gavaldigakasha says the Gemara Batanya ain't lashes isa bechalav. What do you mean mix it in? You're not allowed to make milchik bread. You're not allowed to make milchik because it can come to a takala. People may come to uh, you keep it around. People might come to eat it with the pastrami sounds. Vim lash kolapasasura bnei hergal avera. Did it cause an avera? Alachi kamar says okay. So here's what happened. You makamet lushali bedubsha. 
The story was, he said, on the first day, make sure there's no honey mixed into my flour and water for my mitzvah of matzah. Mikan ve'elach. But after that, from here on forth, lushala b'duvsha, um, you can knead it for me together with honey. That's one shot. Which is as follows. We learned in that Gemara, which said that it's forbidden to mix milk in. It's only forbidden to milk in, to, to, it's only forbidden to mix in milk to dough when it's a, when it's an amount that will be left around. But you're allowed to make milchig bread for one specific meal because there's no concern that later on someone's going to eat with a pastrami sandwich. I only have enough to eat with my milchig meal. So this prohibition of making milchig dough is only a prohibition of making more than one meal's worth. And maybe what Rabbi Yeshua said to his children is on the first day you can, uh, don't put in milk, right? On the second day, you can. Why do you say you can't? Ah, you're not allowed to mix in milk. No, you are, because he only told them to do enough. They, they, were, they were only making enough for one meal. And the Mela, that's why it was allowed. But getting back to the, the purpose of why we mentioned the story in the first place is, again, let's, let's uh, give a quick review. We had a kasha in Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, do you allow this mixture or do you not? And the answer is, that Rabbi Akiva does not allow the mixture for the mitzvah of matzah, but he does allow the mixture as far as chametz is concerned. And therefore, on the second day of Pesach, that is when he needed it for, for these other uh, tanoyim, and they didn't say anything. Why? Because it wasn't for the mitzvah of matzah, period. Okay. Gabaldic, two dots, second wide line on Lamed Vav Amud Aleph. Vishavim. Everybody agrees. She'ein loshen esa That keeping aside the discussion of water, wine, honey, oil, you're not allowed to mix your flour with warm water. You can't do that. Warm water is an absolute no-no. Says the Gemara. Ma'ishnami menachas. Why? Is the is the chiyuv of matzah any different than a uh, a karba mincha? The tanan. What do we learn in a mishnah concerning a karba mincha? Kol hamenachos nilushes bepaisher. That a karba mincha, which we know, as we learned together in menachos, it was not allowed to be chametz. It was not allowed to become leavened. We still said it specifically should be kneaded with warm water. Knead it with warm water, but make sure it doesn't become chametz. So do the same thing on Pesach. Why are you saying everybody agrees you're not allowed to use warm water? No. Let's say, use warm water, but make sure it bakes fast enough that it didn't become chametz. Says the Gemara, Mamubi's reason, Yomrubisha'in's reason, bad kasha. You know why? Because the carbon mincha was done where in the Beis Hamikdash by the Kaihanim, who were bakant in the halachas, they were fluent in all the halachas, and they were extremely careful. But when it comes to a matzah, which an average person's making their matzah, every yid needs to eat matzah, I gotta make my own matzah. So when you're dealing with the masses, all of a sudden, no, 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 lukewarm water, stay away from it, stay away from warm water, you're playing with fire. 
Says the Gemara, and that's why a matzah and a carbon milch have a different halacha. Says the Gemara, Yachi, if it's taka true that there's a difference between all of Klai Yisrael and the Kaihanim, miltas nami latis, why don't we say that, the, uh, that we should allow even the kernels of grain to be left in water, Alama Amar Abzera, and we'll explain in a minute what the question is, Alama Amar Abzera, why did Abzera say in the name of Rabba Bar Yirmiya, who was quoting Rabba Bar, Bar Yirmiya Amar Shmuel, that uh, these wheat kernels, you're not allowed to leave it in, why, why not? Guess who's soaking the wheat kernels? Kaihanim, and if we really trust Kaihanim so much, we should allow them to do whatever they want, as long as it doesn't actually become chametz, because they're careful. From the fact that we're not allowing them to soak the kernels, it must be we don't trust them so much. Answers the Gemara, Lisha, Bizrizan, Isa, the Sisa, Lesa, Bizrizan. When it comes to the kneading of warm water, then we could trust the Kaihanim to be more careful, but as far as keeping the kernels, so then that part of it was not always done in the Beis HaMikdash. And since it wasn't always done in the Beis HaMikdash by Kaihanim, and that step in the process was not always done by Kahanim. We're still concerned that it could lead to chametz, and that's why it's not allowed. Ask the Gemara of Elisha Mi'isab is reason. And really, is it true that only the Kahanim are the ones who, who need the dough of the carbon mincha? But it says in the Pasuk, Ve'yotzak, Aleo Shemen, Ve'gaymer, Ve'ez, B'nei Kahanim, Ve'komatz. You pour the oil with the flour, you bring it to, and then you bring it to Aaron and the Kahanim who take a kaimit. The kmitz of Eilach mitzvah gun only from the kmitz and onwards, right? Like this, the, the fingerfuls that the kayan takes out. That needs a kayan. But everything else could be done by anybody else. So now, if the kneading of the flour is actually allowed to be done by an ankayan, we have a kasha. Matzah, we're not allowing warm water because it may become chametz. Karba Mincha, we're allowing warm water even though it may become chametz, and they're both being done by Yisraelim. How do we reconcile this? And for the Gemara, Lisha, Nehid, Bezrizen, Lesa, Bemakam, Zrizen, Isa. I'll tell you the difference. Matzah is not made in the Beis HaMikdash around the Kehanim, and therefore we're concerned. But the kneading of the dough of the Karba Mincha, albeit the fact that it was need, it, it's permitted to be needed by a, a non-Kayan. However, it's still done in the base Hamikdash. And therefore, we have less concern of anything going wrong. The Yom like the Tanah taught us, the Lila Kshira Bazar, the mixing, is allowed to be done by, by somebody who's not a Kayan. Chutz L'chaim Asazar Absula, and it can't even be done outside the courtyard. And it becomes possible. Afuki Lisisa, which to a, only the kneading of it, which excludes the soaking, the Eina Bezrizim, reason, and that's why we're more strict on the soaking, because that's done by an average, uh, an average yid, as opposed to a Kayin. Why is it taka different than the halacha of a Mincha Sa'imer? This is the Karban uh, the Mincha of the Karban that was brought on the second day of Pesach. Um, so how is it any different than the Karban Mincha? The Tani, we learned in a Brais, uh, a Karban we learned in the Brisa, Mincha Saimer, Laisa of that by the, the, the kernels are permitted to be soaked of a carbon Aimer. And when was it brought? Pesach. So why are we not careful about the Aimer brought on Pesach, 
but we're careful about the matzah. Says the Gemara, Tzibor Shani. Right? When, a com- when something's done for Klal Yisrael as a whole, so everything's done by a Bezdin, everything's done very carefully, Rashi explains, and you have, you have a, we'll call it rabbinic supervision, making sure that everything goes according to plan, as opposed to matzah. Not everything, not all matzah, is made, which is made by, an, by a, a regular yid, is going to be under supervision and memela. We need to be more careful. Period. Complete end of that discussion for now. Okay. So, until now, the overall discussion has been from the top of today's Amud, from the Tanur Abonon that we started out with six lines down, was a discussion about am I allowed to use Meiser Shani flour and wa- flour to make my matzah and eat it in Yerushalayim? And we had a whole discussion, is it Lechem Ani, Lechem Oni, stay the Simcha, right? That was the discussion that we had. Now we're going to get into a new discussion of what about eating my matzah that is Bikurim. Bikurim is the first grown of the Shiva Saminim, the first products of, of the seven species special to Eretz Yisrael. And I bring it as Bikurim. And what if I want to eat it? Um, uh, I want to eat my Bikurim as my matzah. Okay? Before it was my Sashani, now we're going to be dealing with Bikurim. Does a person fulfill their mitzvah? So here we go. We are now five lines from the bottom of the page. Tanur Rabban, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. I would have thought, Yochel, I may think a person could fulfill their mitzvah of matzah by eating Bikurim on Pesach, Tamalaymar. It says, Bechol Maish Vesechem Teichlu Matzahs. In all your dwelling places, you should eat matzahs, which teaches me matzah, Hanachelas, Bechol Maish Vesechem. Only matzah that could be eaten anywhere uh, can fulfill your chiyuv. Yatsu Bikurim, which excludes Bikurim. Which is Bikurim, that's only permitted to be eaten in Yerushalayim. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yisiaglili. Rabbi Kiva, Amir Kiva says, That matzah is supposed to be eaten with marar, and marar, guess what? Is not from the seven species that are brought as Bikurim. Right? You don't find horseradish. Uh, or or marar anywhere, right? There's there's actually marar is pretty much anything that's uh, any vegetable that's not fit to be uh, um, uh, that's not fit for uh, karpas. But ma mar she'in bikurim, just like mar is not allowed to be brought as bikurim. Af matzah she'in bikurim, so to matzah um, cannot be brought from bikurim. Imam mar she'in b'mina bikurim says Rabbi Akiva. But let me and let me like uh, what's called bavarn. Yeah, I'll, I'll lead into a question on you. But what about Mar, which is not, which is not Shaykh to Bikurim, right? It's not one of the seven species. Af matzah she'imina Bikurim. So to matzah has to be made of something that's not Shaykh to Bikurim, and it's not Aitzichit and Usarim she'imina Bikurim. But wheat, which matzah could be made for, and barley, which are, which are uh, part of Bikurim, maybe Takiyakur. It says, Shabakiba, you're going to ask me, I'm saying, oh, there's a Nafkamina. And you're going to say, no, maybe there's no nafkamina. I'll tell you why. Because marar has no shaykhis. Marar has no connection to Bikurim. It's not one of the shivas aminim. But wheat, barley, are from the seven species. And if I make my matzah out of these two things. Now, you can also use uh, spelt rye or oats, but they're not from the shivas aminim, right? Wheat and barley is from the shivas aminim. So you'll ask on me, ah, it's part of Bikurim. So maybe when it's in the parsha, when it's in the league 
of Vikurim, maybe Taka then, you can fulfill your mitzvah of matzah, Tamalemer, matzah, matzah, riba. It says matzah, matzah many, many times, which lets us know that um, uh, this, uh, this is coming to include anything, both wheat and barley in grains that, that uh, well, one is permitted to use for achilas matzah, even though lamaisa bikurim, uh, bikurim is going to get, uh, if it would be bikurim, it gets in the way. To put it simply, wheat and barley, since it's in the category of bikurim, I might think you can't even use that. Talmud leimar matzas matzas. Since there's matzas matzas many many times. And let's know the wheat and barley, you can fulfill your chi of matzah, um, even though it's one of the seven species. Even though it's one of the seven species, you can still use wheat and, ma- uh, wheat and barley for your matzah. But not if it is bikur. Says Gemara, matzah, matzah, riba, I feel bikurim nami. If matzah, matzah means oh, all types of matzahs, so then let's include bikurim as well. Why taka we still excluding bikurim? So Hadabe Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, you're right. He backed out. And he says, you know, if I'm just going to be relying on matzahs, matzahs to tell me, you know, any matzah, so then I'm going to be in trouble. Taka, bring Bikurim too. So he backs out. Now, why did he back out? Titania, because we went to the Bryce, I would have thought a person could fulfill their chiv with Bikurim. It's got to be something that eats eaten in any home. Matzah, which excludes Bikurim that's only eaten in Rishalayim. Oh, this is probably a kasha we were all thinking of. So why they give this pasuk only by Bikurim? Oh, you know why Bikurim is excluded? Because Bikurim is eating Rishlaim. Why didn't we bring this pasuk earlier on the daf when we asked about my Shashani? We said, no, my Shashani is not included. Why? Because it's called Lechem Aini. You know what you should have answered? My Shashani is not included because it has to be Bechol Moishvay Seichem. Why don't we include this pasuk my Shashani? Tamud Laimar, Matzis, Matzis, Reba. Tamud Laimar says, Matzis, Matzis, Reba, which Taka would tell me that even my Sashani in your slime, you could fulfill your, your Achil. Umar eats the Rabbis, my Sashani, likes to be Kurim. Why are we saying that my Sashani, Taka, now, you can in Yerushalayim, you may fulfill your Achil, but not for Bikurim. Marbani, my Sashani, Shiesh, Lehater, Bechom, my Shabbos, Rabbi Elazar. According to Rabbi Elazar, he holds that. Um, Maishr Shani has a permissiveness to be eaten in other places. Now, how so? If Maishr Shani has eaten Shalim, how do you eat it anywhere? Because Allah is Maishr Shani that becomes Tamei, all of a sudden is not bound to Yerushalayim. All right? So Maishr Shani, although it's supposed to be eaten in Yerushalayim in a state of Tara, if it becomes Tamei, all of a sudden that Allah falls to the wayside. And I'm excluding Bikurim from the Achilas Matzah. She'en leheter b'chol Maishr that even if Bikurim becomes Tameh, you're still not allowed to eat Bikurim outside Yerushalayim. The Mela, Rebbe Kiva's back now, and he's not going to hold that my Shashani, you may fulfill your Chiyav of Matzah in Yerushalayim with it, but not Bikurim. Now, where do you find this Rebbe Elazar, who says that you can have my Shashani in all your dwelling places, Dhamma Rebbe Elazar, you can redeem it even in Yerushalayim and eat it elsewhere, Talmud Leimar, that uh, you're not going to be able to have se'esai. Okay, now the word se'es means to hold. All right, that's what it literally means. It means to hold. 
and uh, the Pesach is referring to a case where you live outside Yerushalayim, you have so many crops, and it's too hard for you to hold it. You can't schlep all that to Yerushalayim. So then you're allowed to redeem it onto money. The ain't se'es el achila. The word se'es is also referring to things that are uh, to achila, to eating. Shina marva yisa masa'es me'es panav. You find, ah, oh, mamish. Yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, right, we're in the suya these parshas, where Yosef at Tzadik um, uh, told his brothers that uh, he, he, uh, he, he took their, their food from in front of them, okay? So you see from over here that my Sersheni is Nigea, is, is Shaykh, is connected, we'll say, to eating it everywhere. Even if it's already inside your slime, you could transfer it out. That's the opinion of Rebbe Lazar. Mamela, we're going to, Mamela Rebbe Akiva is going to hold that my Sersheni is permitted, if you eat my Sersheni as your matzah, on the first night, you do get a mitzvah because it's more connected to to all your dwelling places as opposed to Bikurim, which is limited to Shalayim. If you eat Bikurim for your matzah, you did not fulfill your chiyah. Says the Gemara. Man Who says that by my Sersheni you can fulfill your chiyah of matzah with it? Rabbi Akiva. So now we're saying it is Rabbi Akiva. He's the one who said that earlier. But the Brisa is being Memayat Bikurim from Bakom So you see that Rabbi Akiva ultimately backed out and we're learning it out from Bakom We're not learning it out from the connection of Matzah to Marar. Now the Gemara is going to gavaldik, gavaldik, gavaldik. Now the Gemara is going to connect our two sugyas. We're now connecting our current sugya of Bikurim to our previous sugya of Meiser Sheni. Previously, what was the issue of Meiser Sheni? Lechem Aini. And Meiser Sheni is not considered Lechem Aini. But now we're saying that the reason why Meiser Sheni would be, uh, because of Bechol Meishvay Seichem, and Meiser Sheni Shaykh to Bechol Meishvay Seichem, all of a sudden you're allowed to have it. So you see Rabbi Kiva backed out of his previous opinion. Says Gemara, why? What was wrong with the Lechemaini? What was wrong with those Pesukim? What was wrong with his previous opinion? Rabbi Yisiak, did the table claim me for Lechemaini? Misha Nachal Ba'ini, Yotos Eshe Nachal Ba'simcha. Holds that Bikurim is allowed to be eaten when you're not in a state of Simcha. My time at What's the reason for the Rabbanon who say Bikurim cannot be eaten by an Ainin? You're not allowed to um, eat your Maiser Sheni outside Yerushalayim. The Omar Mar, Shrumas Yodecha, Elu Bikurim, the Shuma of your hand is referring to Bikurim. The the iskish bikurim the meiser because we connect the bikurim to meiser sheni ma meiser aser laeinin just like meiser sheni is aser to an einin af bikurim aser laeinin so the bikurim is also is also aser is also not allowed to be eaten in a state of tsaris in a state of grief for Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon Shuma Kriner Rachmana he says that the Torah is calling bikurim Shuma for a reason kitshuma. To connect it to Hilchas Truma, Ma Truma Mutaris Ainin, just like Truma 
is mutter to in Ainain. This is referring to a Kohen who lost a close relative, is still permitted to eat Shuma Ba'aninus. Af Bikurim telling me that Bikurim is mutter to in Ainain. Rib Shimon, and Rib Shimon, Nihide Hekesh Lesle. Maybe he says, all right, there's no Hekesh between Bikurim and Maisha Shani, but Simcha Mi and Mechtav Ksivabe. But it still says by Bikurim, it still says that Bikurim you have to be happy. So since Bikurim has to be an amatzav of Simcha, has to be in a state of Simcha, why in the world is an Ainin allowed to have Bikurim? How is he going to be v'samachta b'cholatayv? How is he going to be happy? He just lost a close relative. So he says, no, you're misunderstanding Simcha. And this is something that's so fascinating to life, and particularly the life of a Yid, right? You have to compartmentalize simcha. There's a simcha in feeling about my personal life, and then there's a simcha that needs to be had despite what's happening in my personal life. It's Shabbos, simcha. It's Yom Tif, simcha. I, so many tsaris. there's a simcha of Shabbos. There's a simcha of Yom Tif. Yes, you're, you're inside, but there's a simcha that exists. So he says the time of bringing Bikurim has to be a zman of Simcha. You don't have to actually be happy. So bring your Bikurim at a time of joy, a time of the reaping, a time of the harvest. When it, people are, are overall feeling good about their Parnassah, the Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah. Me'atzeres, vi'ad hachag, maybe vikari, between Shavuos and Sukkis, that is the time of year where everybody brings their Bikurim. Me'chag va'ad Hanukkah, maybe in a kari, but between Sukkis and Hanukkah, a person brings their Bikurim but you're not allowed to recite the, the psukim of Bikurim because it's no longer a time of Simcha. So again, it's not going to be, to, to break it down, is that he's, he, he's understanding that Simcha does not mean the, the, that I need to have Simcha in my personal life. Rather, it's a time of Simcha for the world. It's a time of Simcha for Klal Yisrael. Period. Okay. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Here we go. Lechem Aini, matzah is Lechem Aini, chalot ulashisha. This is excluding chalot and ashisha bread. Now, chalot and ashisha bread is, we'll call it um, uh, deep fried or very big, all right? Your, your matzah should not, is supposed to be baked, it's not supposed to be deep fried, and it's not supposed to be particularly large. I might think that a person is to fulfill his matzah with uh, bread that is hadra. Let's translate hadra as um, uh, Basic. I might think you just need a no frills type of matzah. Tamar leimer matzas matzas riba. It says matzas many many times, which is an inclusive type of expression, which tells me vafilu kamatzah shoshleima. No, your breads are allowed to be nice. You're allowed to make chashava. Not your bread, your matzah. You're allowed to make chashava matzah. It's just not allowed to be deep fried or too big. If I'm allowed to make it nice, I'm allowed to make it beautiful, I can make it in the shape of a matzah, the covered Pesach, I can make it in the shape of a, of a, a sukkah, yeah, because yeah, uh, sukkahs and, and Pesach is compared, you can make fancy shapes if you want, 
Yeah, so why do you say lechemayni? So why do we call it lechemayni? Just to exclude these two matzavim, these two things. It shouldn't be too fancy, too, too big, and it shouldn't be deep fried. Umay mashlai ashisha listen to chashivusa. How do you know that ashisha, a very large matzah, is an expression of chashuv? Because it says in the Torah, Vayichalik, Lechol ha'om, lechol ha'moyn yisrola mi'ish v'adisha, le'ish chalas lechem achas, ve'esh bar echod v'ashisha achas. Dovod ha'melech brought to Klal Yisrael, every you, every human being, men and women, everybody got um, a loaf of bread, eshbar, uh, and an ashisha. Oh, this was like the chosh of a chosh of a banquet for Klal Yisrael. Eshbar is talking about the amount of meat that's a sixth of a cow. And Ashisha is Echad Mishisha Be'ifa. It's a sixth of an Eifa. Everybody got mamish this very large loaf of bread, covered the Simcha of the Aran returning to Yerushalayim. And this argues on Shmuel, the, this understanding of Ashisha being a chosh of a bread. Okay, that an ashisha is not allowed to be used at the seder is arguing on Shmuel, the Yomar Shmuel, because Shmuel says ashisha is actually garba de chamra. Ashisha is not as a very large loaf of bread; it's actually a garba de chamra. It is a jug of wine. Dechsev va'ayav ashisha yanovim, as the pasuk says, those who love ashisha yanovim and ashisha of wine. He says it's referring to this jug. It's referring to a pitcher. It's not referring to bread. And we are up to the bottom line on Daf Lamed Vav, Amud Beis, and we will hold it here. Ben Shem pick up at uh, 7.30 tomorrow evening.